And without any sort of like grand introduction, let me just say welcome to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's our weekly podcast. I'm your host, that's Singleton. And it's just me and Mr. Brad Felicki. We're holding it down together. Brad, how you doing today, man? I'm hanging in. How you doing? <laughs> Still fighting the allergies, which if you recently or will be soon hearing our most recent episode of Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast, episode number five being Harley Quinn, I admitted that the allergies were messing with my head so bad. I started talking about last week's episode, and you guys had to steer the boat, get me on track, and boom, there I was, episode number five, and we caught up. So I'm hoping that the mind fuzzies are out of the way for the most part. It was a little cooler here, a little less pollen in the air, so I'm hopeful. And and to be honest, man, it's just good to be back this week uh, after the traveling and missing out on the last couple episodes with you guys. It's, It's just good to be back. I wish we had the whole team. But uh, we know Kelly and Steve have business to handle, and we get that. So uh, I'm just glad to have you here with me because our editor, Josh, man, he pulled together a hell of a list of stories. Like, we have some stuff to talk about. And the kind of stuff, Steve, Kelly, when you're out there and listening to this, just, you know, start responding on social media. Start telling us what you think and join us in chats later. But there's some great info. And I'm going to jump right into our first story, leading off with movie news. Reminder, of course. We always start off with the movie news, moving to TV, streaming, get a little comic book, and then we have that fun category called Other, where, well, you really never know what to expect, and sometimes that's the best part. Leading off our movie news, though, is a great announcement about a project that we were talking about for a while, and amongst the shuffle of COVID-19 and so many other things, it hasn't had as many updates, which is why this announcement is quite a pleasant surprise. One from uh, Ava DuVernay, um, or DuVernay. Sometimes I'm just going to butcher names. You know me by now. This is just how it happens. Was asked very nicely on uh, Twitter, is there some news about the new gods? To which she responded, because you asked so nicely. See, manners work. Working on fourth draft of a scene featuring All Widow this week. There's some history that we're digging into. And Brad, I want to get your response to this first. What did you think about this announcement from uh, Ava and New Gods? You know, I'm going to be honest in that I wasn't really familiar with the All Widow character that much. So I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have fun kind of stepping back and doing my research a little bit and uh, learning more about this character. Because the thing is, was what kind of got me excited was just the fact that she's still talking about it. Um, I'm just so afraid that this is going to be a project that keeps getting shuffled back and back and, and uh, you know, stuck in development hell. I, I am glad that she is still working on the script and it's still kind of front in her mind because I'm sure she just has so many projects coming at her and she's just even in, even being quarantined. I'm sure this is just an incredible busy time for her because she's in such demand. So the fact that she's still holding on to this is hopeful that a it's going to be made and that b this project is close to her heart. So my always opinion with comic book movies is the closer the characters are to the person the director's heart the actor's hearts the better the finished product's going to be uh, what was your take i was really excited about this announcement one because i've recently decided that this dc universe app is something i should totally be taking advantage of during the uh current pandemic lockdown and i'm like hey there's some great content on here, stuff that I've always heard about. And it's like, why not start right from the beginning? So I've been actually reading. I read through the first, um, I think it's like 
first 10 features Jack Kirby doing the writing and storytelling and art. And then it moves into the pickup from uh, Jerry Ordway. Like I want to say it's like around 11 or 12. And it's been a lot of fun because at the time when, you know, and they do a really nice job in this story of giving just a really brief synopsis on the idea of, you know, all widow as being this, uh, queen of the bugs and assisting the new gods, you know, with their war against uh, dark side and apocalypse. But the introduction that I, I got from what I've been reading is, you know, bug who uh, is, is a fun character who we, we later get to learn more about his history. And I'm hoping will be in this movie now hearing this announcement. Uh, when we start out with him, it's about how he's part of the colony and he's part of this hive mind and which is something God, we always talk about on here and I love it. But uh, as part of it, uh, all, all Widow, as the queen of the bugs, is actually, like, the one in charge calling the shots like the queen of any hive would be. But then there's this, like, disruption because of an outside force. So I, I've i only had the chance to read that much of it, and I'm looking forward to seeing how much more I can discover because it's been really cool research. And I'm like, hey, if, if this movie's coming out and I want to see it, I got a feeling both of these writers, especially what we've seen Tom King do with pulling pieces of Batman and other characters' histories in his recent projects – He's going to be going for the old stuff, the goldmine stuff, and then showing, you know, different ideas about it as we've seen them iterated in newer versions. Plus, I secretly want to get into his Omega Men. So this was my way. So as I read this, I was like, really? Oh, OK. And I only had the, the briefest introductions so far in The New Gods. I'm curious to see what the more modern tellings show about uh, All Widow and and what this role is like in comics. So then I, I get to do that fun comparison later when we see it on the big screen. Yeah, it was yeah, nice, really yeah. exciting. And hey, man, I, I got to you know agree with you on the fact that <laughs> she's talking about it. She's excited about it. These characters are close to her. Uh, and I thought you brought up something really important. The closer the characters are to the writer, the creator, that the greater value you're going to feel coming across from them in the final product. And I thought that was really important. I think it's something I might have thought about, but not organized my thoughts in the way you just described. So thanks, man. That was a that was a really good thing to keep in mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why I love talking about this stuff with you guys, it's better than talking with myself in my head or out loud to myself. And my wife looks at me funny or doesn't want to engage because she knows not what I'm talking about. You know, this, this is hell. It's like therapy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so look, whether or not you're here on the couch, laying down on the couch, you think we should be on a couch. We're going to move on to the next story. And it's a really cute video that features everyone's favorite Batman, Lego Batman. Come on, really. He's he's pretty much a universal favorite at this point. And it's all about how he's ready to take on the novel virus. Except he can't punch it, which he has some opinions about. I thought this was absolutely adorable. Totally cracked me up, Brad. Uh, of course, I want to know your takes because no one's here to just listen to me. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I realized with this story that what I haven't heard much about through all of this was how children are dealing with this psychologically you know i've heard a lot about how parents are working with their children and teaching them and and dealing with that complexity of trying to educate your kids while still reporting in for zoom meetings and things like that but it really hasn't been much said about how this affects kids and i think lego was really smart to take that on uh and you know God bless uh, Lego Batman and Will Arnett. Um, he does such a great job. 
and he he really has come to personify that character so much and it is a little bit of a bummer on this story too at the end that that might be the last that we hear from will arnett because uh it looks like the rights have changed from the legos uh the lego properties are going to another company not warner brothers um it looks like they're going to Universal. So that's kind of a bummer. So, you know, maybe in a perfect world, he'll still get to do the character the way we love. But uh, overall, I just think that this was uh, kind of a necessary, nice thing to see them come together to make. Uh, what was your take? Well, I, I have to be honest, I, I hadn't rolled in uh, that piece of information about the rights transferring over to Universal. And that is a, you know, a bit of a sober thing to consider at the end of this. But uh, to lead it off, man, ah, oh, it, it was just really funny. Uh, I laughed my butt off. I thought it was really cute. Um, I love the fact that he's like doing one arm, one handed push ups. Yeah. <laughs> 99, 999, <laughs> 1000. And then I love later how Alfred's talking about one Alfred's like that omniscient voice, which makes it a lot of fun. And if you haven't yet, please check out this clip. It's hilarious. It uh, it has Alfred sort of being that same voice that he, he portrays so magnificently. But then, of course, also, even with the very valuable wisdom, like if you have more questions, it's important to talk to a trusted adult. And, you know, like your mother or father. Oh, I'm an orphan, says Batman. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just those little quips. And then I love at the end, he's like, so I can't punch you, but I still can. It's cool. I win again. Like, there was just some really lovely moments like that, that along the way, I thought it was really informative. You know, it talks about where it gets its name and how it's based on the idea of a corona and and the crown, which Batman disagrees with actually being a a true visual thing he thinks we all see. Um, But through it, we get the chance to add a little humor include some education and bring up an opportunity where parents and kids can watch something together. And if there's a conversation that involves some Q and a afterwards between mom and dad, uh, you know, and their kids, great opportunity. Uh, I really like it that if this is their last project together, that will Arnett, Lego Batman, Warner brothers, you know, did something for the public and it's, you know, not just about money. It's about us which I'm always going to appreciate. So, yeah, I thought this was a really nice one. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the lighter side of the Batman. In our next story, we talk about something a little darker. Well, we talk about what somebody else talks about. I always like to get this kind of straight. It has to do with the fact that a conversation was recently had with uh, Andy Serkis and for whatever reasons, you can point to which part catches you the most. But he alludes to the fact that this might be a, a darker take than we would expect. And that as his role as Butler and Batman's best friend, Alfred Pennyworth, um, he had some thoughts about the direction, where it might go, what's really at the center of it. Brad, tell me your take. What stuck out for you? What, what was Andy Circus trying to tell us about in this story? Uh, you know, I, I I don't think that I'm surprised um, that they talk about, you know, that the, the film's going to be dark. I think that that they've been talking about that for a while, and I think that's kind of to be expected. But what intrigued me when he's talking about this is going to be a very, emo- you know, like an emotional, you'll see the emotional connection between uh, Batman and Alfred. And 
from what I'm getting, it seems like this movie is going to really strip things down to the basics and we're going to get a real human story, a real human Batman. And, and I think that may be even more uh, of not necessarily original, but it feels like a newer take on the Batman that we've seen in film. So I think that that's, that's really kind of intriguing. And when movies do that right, they turn out to be great. And I think a perfect example of that is Joker. Joker was a lot about emotions. It wasn't about flashy action or things like that. And it really, and it really worked. So I think that um, this may be a Batman that, that we haven't really seen on film before. And I think that that has potential to be a really, uh, a really cool thing. Uh, what was your take? It was hard to really pull a lot out of what Circus was saying, especially in regards to Batman. Cause I mean, talking about the idea of it going in a direct different direction, his only response seemed to be, I would say that's not far from the truth. And then he moves into the emotional connection between Alfred and Bruce and saying it's at the center without really saying what it's at the center mm-hmm of you know what i mean and that's mm-hmm. i think it's important because there are so many different aspects of bruce wayne batman and alfred that we've seen portrayed in comics but only a few have been shown in film and uh other sort of non-comic book based material and because of that you because of how many comic stories there are about these two, there's been many different takes and it's which one we're going to see on the screen. So I'm drawn by that idea. I also feel that what you're attaching, what you're uh, focusing on is really important because of the idea that when you portray something different than what we've seen before. And I, I like that he says, look, I'm not trying to be Michael Caine. He was fantastic. His alpha was legendary. And then he does something that I thought was really important. He says, look, you go back to these times when you're trying to play an iconic role in Shakespeare. And when you go to it, you have to strip them down and you have to get to that point where you're like, dude, this is about my personal Venn diagram. Where do I find myself in this character? And then how can I kind of bring that out? And I like this idea that he brings up because what they're talking about is showing that relationship from a different angle and also highlighting an importance that hasn't had a chance to show up new territory we haven't covered and how that can inform this darker story. And I love the fact that you brought up Joker to you know compare that with because – Joker sat in those heavy moments. You know, there's moments where he's on the couch watching TV, plotting, planning, and it feels like there's a weight. Like anything could happen, but in the meantime, you're just sitting there in it. And it can be really powerful experience. The opportunity to see things like that, especially as it comes to the relationship with Bruce and uh, Alfred, I'm really curious about now. I, I didn't have that same sort of focus going in, and now I'm thinking to myself like, oh, Oh, okay. Now you got my attention. And now this is something I'm going to be looking for. So I kind of like it when somebody shows me something with the lens, kind of focuses in on something. I, I'm curious to see what the discovery is going to be. But uh, I like the way you're, you know, pointing out what you're seeing as well, because it's letting me know, like, okay, that's stuff I can consider as well and just hadn't done so yet. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Um, And that wraps us up for our movie. We're going to slide right into our TV streaming news section and take that great little break. But moving into our TV and uh, streaming news, we talk with another member or we talk about another member. We didn't actually talk with maybe in my head, maybe the allergy medicine, but we talk about another member of the Bat family. And we're talking about the latest promo for Batwoman, revealing that Tommy Elliott 
played by Gabriel Mann, is finally going to go full hush. Brad, what did you think about the uh, development of this iconic character? Now, I, I admit that I am waiting to fully catch up uh, on Batwoman once the whole series, once, once the whole first season is kind of done and, uh, and out there. But I'm telling you, this this makes me excited for what I'm in store for. Uh, it, 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 he looks very true to the comics, so I think that the character design is is uh, very well done. Um, and granted, it was a pretty short uh, promo, but uh, what I see, I, I, I really like. And he is such an important character, so it's it's kind of cool to see him in a live action uh, setting. Uh, what was your take? What really got me was that announcement and then reading through and discovering that the title is A Secret Kept from All the Rest. I I love a a little bit of weight in there, like, oh, boy, one of those stories you'll not soon forget. Um, So I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. I'm looking forward to it. I will admit that I have done the same. There's a part of me that's like, look, if I just try and rush through this stuff and I watch an episode and I'm left waiting for these interminable hours until the next – going to be really frustrated so i've been looking forward to a binge period my dvr is letting me know that it's close and i'm excited about that but knowing about this episode well it was it was something that i'm really looking forward to as far as getting back into tv and streaming and catching up on all my shows and intrigued as well because we both know that there have been a few people uh maybe even ourselves included who had some questions and, you know, not always positive thoughts when it came to how Hush was portrayed in the recent animated version. So how he's portrayed now in Batwoman and what we're going to get to see, I, I'm i going to go into it with a curious eye. <laughs> and uh, this is one of those ones where I'd love to hear what Kelly and uh, and Steve would have to say. Um, yeah. Again, sadly, they're not with us, but I have faith in their abilities to let us know what they're thinking, you know, when it's the right time and when they're available. Now, With that excitement, it would be easy to say, well, what else can you talk about? How can there be anything else, you know, exciting coming up in TV and streaming news? Well, stick around. We've got a few. Personally, this is just my take because as you've heard me do in the past, I gush over announcements about this guy they call Sean Astin and learning that he'll be appearing as the real Pete Andrews in an upcoming episode of Supergirl was something I wanted to stand up and cheer about and then realized what time it was, and I should probably just calm down before I excited the dogs, woke up the house, and, you know, became an overall nuisance. What was your reaction to this announcement? Uh, yeah, who doesn't who doesn't like Sean Astin? Uh, Goonies, right? <laughs> uh, Stranger Things, uh, Rudy, I mean, come on. Uh, yeah, and he, he he's always such a good sport in the roles he plays, and uh, I think the fact that he can play the real Pete will be kind of a cool uh, uh, way for him to kind of do that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's a win-win situation for everybody, for fans, for the show itself, for the story, for, uh, you know, just for the show in general. I think it's good. Uh, I wouldn't mind if he uh, became a, a show regular. So uh, so we'll see. What was, uh, what was your take? Wow. I like the idea as a show regular. And I, I realize we didn't even allude to why we're calling the real Pete. If you haven't been keeping up with Supergirl, Pete Andrews made an appearance right before Crisis on Infinite Earth's Chaos began. And at the time, he was supposed to be Kelly's old army buddy. Um, 
And then it was revealed that, no, he's actually Jean John's evil brother, Malefic. But this time we get the actual Pete. And what I love about Pete is, well, what I love about Pete, what I love about Sean Astin, when he plays a character like Pete, he totally embraces like the fact that if you're a linguistics guy, which is what his expertise is in this episode, he's going to notice things like whether or not Kara has a uh, a writing style that really, you know, captures the, the local environment, but also a greater understanding of other languages, <laughs> which yeah. I thought was just a really cute little nod. Like this guy pays attention and that's going to be the fun part because what he's going to reveal is that he's heard whispers about this Leviathan group that they're looking for. And in the story we got, there was that great little video clip that talks about it as well. And I, I love coming back to Leviathan because it's got some, one, recent comic book history, but then with characters like Ramakan, who they've brought in, we've got some stuff going back to some, well, really favorite Justice League stories I've enjoyed. And I'm curious to see these elements blending together in the the show of Supergirl. So I, I like where a lot of these setups are going. But yeah, when it all comes down to it, put Sean Astin in anything. I mean, really, I can go back to just about all of his movies and be like, yeah, I loved it. And he's pretty much the reason guy, you know, the reason why. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm really pleased. Uh, it makes it also sort of fun to, to think about, like, we're finally getting past what was a hiccup as far as production and what was going on with the storylines of our favorite characters, which leads me into our next story in the announcement that the 2020 season television season finale dates for the CW have been announced. We're talking about shows like Batwoman, Supergirl, The Flash, and DC's Legend of Tomorrow. And it also include, of course, other populars that don't fall in the superhero realm, whether you're a fan of Riverdale Charmed, uh, Katie Keene, Roswell, New Mexico, Nancy Drew, and Dynasty. Uh, I'm not going to keep this limited to just Heroes. If there's any of those other shows you want to chime in about, Brad, go ahead. But first off, this announcement was about all of those Arrowverse season finale dates. What was your response, man? Uh, man, it's going to be a pretty packed, pretty packed May. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that that these um, uh, season finales weren't delayed even further because of what's going on. I think that these little signs of things getting back on track is kind of nice. And this is, this was kind of, you know, good news, even, you know, it, it's, it is going to be packed May. So if you are a fan of these shows, uh, May 17th for Batwoman and Supergirl, uh, May 12th for the flash and uh, in June 2nd, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So, uh, so yeah, I think uh, overall, um, you know, the, these. I, I'm just glad that they weren't they weren't pushed back. Basically, is I, I think at the end of the day, what my takeaway was. Uh, what was your take? I had a similar feeling. You know, I do understand that some of the storylines had to be abbreviated, and you know, things that might have been wrapped up this season, won't be or will be in, and again, that abbreviated form. But knowing what those dates are, knowing how the stories and when they're coming to a close and what we can expect from them. I mean, it's a great list of uh, options for everyone to choose, whether you're able to be home, watch them live or, you know, make sure that the DVR you, you use, whatever your plan is, is set up so that you can catch up. Yeah, I, I love the fact that, you know, we even get a little something, you know, drifting into June with the Legends of Tomorrow, which is just like my favorite, not guilty pleasure. It's just my favorite pleasure. There's there's something just unabashed. And I, I love 
all of that, whether it's about the fact that they're talking about themselves, maybe this time not always joining a crossover event and what they kind of think yeah. about that. But, you know, <laughs> Bebo, I mean, my God, if we can just have a little bit more Bebo and every once in a while some puppets like, you know, there's there's just a lot <laughs> to love with that. So stuff like that makes me smile. You know, they do point out that some other shows have already come to a close or will be coming to a close, whether it's like Riverdale, which just wrapped on the 6th. Um you know, the fact that just yesterday Dynasty closed up and a few others will be coming to their nearest. It looks like the, the latest ones are going to be like June 15th with Roswell. Uh, I like the fact that there's a lot of staggering. So if you happen to watch all these shows, you're not too inundated and you can sort of split it up. And if you don't, you can pick your favorites. You know when to watch. I'm pretty pleased. Yeah, overall, I'm pretty pleased. Plus, there's that feeling of we didn't just stop. We didn't just postpone, which I, I was really glad you brought up, Brad. You know, there's this idea of we, we pushed on. We persisted a little bit and we got to a place that fans can feel like this part is closed. Let's look forward to next season. Let's look forward to next year. Let's look forward to the next. Let's stop dwelling in the, the present. And that's always a cool thing. Um, another cool thing. Do you like rewards? I do. And now that they've got a rewards program added to DC Universe's streaming service, I have this feeling I'm going to find more and more reasons to watch stuff. Maybe I would have watched. Maybe I never planned on watching or reading or doing any of that stuff with. You got some choices when it comes to getting rewards. Brad, what did you think about some of these options and some of the prizes? Which Well, what intrigued me most of the prizes was just the discount cards and stuff, like the kind of gift card things that you can use for purchases at dc i think that was the thing that that i will take advantage of but this is i think is a really uh, a really cool idea uh i know that i will definitely use the point system for sure um yeah i i, I think it's 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 great i think that it will get more fans to uh to go to you know to the streaming site uh, for Stargirl for instance if you you watch it on TV or you can watch it on the streaming service and get rewards I think that's that's a that's a no-brainer so uh, <laughs> this will definitely be kind of cool to see take shape over the next uh, next few weeks for sure uh, what was your take <laughs> I, I'm gonna agree with you on that man like wait which one do I want to stream on wait the one that's gonna give me stuff yeah and <laughs> like that the decision is <laughs> I mean, what, yeah, you know, my five-year-old brain comes right into place. Like, what are you stupid? Give me stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay, five-year-old. <laughs> I mean, why not? Show some manners, man. Manners, manners, free stuff. Um, dude, the the points are brilliant. Um, whether you're doing digital comics, watching a movie, TV episodes, you know, whether you choose to, you know, pick yours or or go through them all. At the end of it all, you can win a free month of service, T-shirts, posters, pins, the uh, the gift card, the coupon uh the five ten or twenty five dollars off a purchase and then you know they just threw a couple of other fun things in there exclusive harley quinn show statue uh mm. the dc artist ali Batgirl, uh white and gold i mean that one photo image they included with the story was just that was gorgeous um you can get limited edition titans or doom patrol posters uh different t-shirts whether it's lex luther dark side cheetah um if you're a Bat fan, <clears throat> someone out there I know is listening to this, a Batcave mm. wallpaper. I just want to see what it looks like now. Like, really? Mm. And then I got to choose. Do I want one wall Batcave? Do I want the other one Fortress of Solitude? 
Or am I just going to blow it all on, you know, maybe just getting the Harley Quinn supervillains pin set? You don't know. I could have a hat. I might like pins. I mean, it could it could happen. But yeah, man, this was just one of those great ones where I thought to myself, like, so smart. I do it all the time at the grocery store. I go for stuff like this, you know, when it gives me stuff like gas rewards with my local Safeway or, or other yeah. stuff like that. I, I love my pizza app for my coffee stuff. Like, right. Yeah, see, really? it's the I'm same not going to do stuff about comics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I had just been looking at some of the prizes, like toys and stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I could justify that. I could totally this and that. And I was like, wait, Brett said coupons? I didn't even coupons. Son of a uh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really sweet, man. I, I, I think this is a brilliant idea. It's one of those moments where you just go, wow, those guys at DC, they're pretty smart, huh? They, they, they got some, you know, they got some stuff up there. <laughs> and clearly it's working because it's working on me. I'm looking forward to, well, I'm looking forward to cashing in. But I'm also looking forward to the fun of watching stuff like Stargirl, reading stuff I might have been thinking about doing, but now I got just a little more incentive. And uh, I love that it covers everything from movies to streaming to comics, which is the perfect lead into the fact we're going to take that quick ad break. And then we're coming back with all the comic book news because we have comic book news. Like, we have a lot of comic book news. We're going to try and condense some parts together, make it all seem like it has a flow. We're just always amazed at the stuff that our editor Josh digs up. And we're going to get to it as soon as we take this ad break, let you all know what's going on, what we have to share with you, and what we think you should know about, you know, DC Comics, DC Comics News and everything under the sun. Thanks for your patience. We'll be right back. Comic Book News and Other is on the way. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack each and every week. DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by... The guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? 
What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nerds. I definitely do not in need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f with Lois Lane. For f**k's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love. The Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. And like that, patience is a virtue. We thank you for your patience. We appreciate that you took the time to listen to everything. We hope it was all valuable. If you feel like there's something we're missing, well, don't hesitate to let us know. We'll see if it's worth including the reason for the ads, pay the bills, share a little knowledge, make sure you know what you need to know about what's in the know. I don't know if that all made sense, but I don't care because we're talking about a bunch of comic book stuff now, and that just makes it really easy. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. We're on uh, episode number 71, DC Comics News Podcast, and I'm joined by the always fabulous, the fashion podcast man himself. It will happen, Flicky Fashions. I'm not done. I don't care if I got to try and say it every episode. <laughs> Mr. Brad Flicky. Brad, you ready to talk some comic book news? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, First things first, Diamond making the announcement May 20th. It's official for the most part. Maybe we're hopeful that that is when we will move to a target date, first on sale date, resume distribution of comics. Have we righted the ship, Brad? Is this an announcement that says we're we're all okay and everything's going okay? You're okay. I'm okay. It's okay. Or is this, uh, you know, well, we're hopeful and this is the plan. What was your take? Uh, you know, I want to be hopeful, but I, I, since I live on the East coast and I, I don't see our lockdown being, uh, relieved anytime soon, uh, it, it's hard for me to share that optimism because I still see things so locked down. Uh, I, I hope they can do it. Uh, we'll see. And I, 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 at the very least though, I'm glad that they do have a, a target date that they're going to try to do it. And I guess at the end of the day, we kind of have to trust them that they can keep their employees safe and, you know, their distribution channels safe, the people at the comic shops and things like that safe. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I hope they can pull it off. What was your take? Well, I got a kick out of looking at the uh, announcement and noticing that the first thing it says is we're thrilled to tell you that May 20th is no longer a target date, but it's the official. So, you know, even they were sort of like, we want to go for this and there's going to be a period when we'll actually know. I like that they feel that this is the no, but man, if there's one thing that's been happening through all of this, it's a feeling of not knowing. And I love the want. I love the certainty. I have the same hope you do. Like, we can pick things back up. Man, when we got new comics this past week, and I was like, we got new comics. We got, like, oh, my goodness. And it was such a fun thing to experience. The only pang I felt after I'd read them was there's there's going to be more, right? Like, this wasn't just a, a quick little, like, you know, moment that we tried and then some stuff didn't work out. And now we have to reassess and go from there. Um, I want this to work out. Uh, it looks like uh, the cutoff is May 13th, and then they're looking for eight, May 18th to be the on-sale date. Um, 
or beginning that week, the on-sale date of the 20th. I want all that stuff to happen. And I'm not saying I'm going to be holding my breath because I'd be passed out and it would be sort of scary for everybody. But there's that part of me that's like, yeah, it feels like it's a week by week. I had a buddy, he uh, messaged me and was like, man, I heard comic shops are opening this Friday. And this was like on Tuesday. And I was like, really? Well, okay. And then within 24 hours, he's like, nope, never mind. Now it's being pushed yeah. back. And I was like, okay, so yeah. I, I want to get excited. But then when I hear that, no, no, hold on, correction, then my feeling is, wow, okay, I don't know how much more I can keep getting excited and disappointed. You know what I mean? So th- right. there's that part of me that wants to be within the other part of me that's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm keeping my expectations low so that I don't get let down like I, I when i'm in a comic shop that's open i will finally then say okay <laughs> here we are yeah i uh, i can remember far too many times kind of working up the courage to try and talk to someone and be like yeah if this doesn't work out it's okay but i, I want it to work out i want it to work out and then if it didn't work out which was a lot of the times it was like ah wow it's okay it's okay there's still you know other people you still have <laughs> But that moment of like, wow, that didn't happen at all was really heartbreaking. I'm not trying to get too worked up either. Had the heart broken too many times. And really, I don't want to ask too much too early and and then find out you could have waited a little bit and it would have been smoother and better. So I want it to work. I don't want to, you know, get any more in my head about self-doubt or concerns or questions. So I'm going to charge ahead And I'm also curious about how this moves into our next couple of stories, because this isn't just a one way discussion anymore. Right. I mean, we're talking about in our next story, the fact that DC's new distributor, Lunar, is looking to deliver books now. But there's there's like this uncertainty to its future as well, which, you know, it seemed like this amazing, brilliant announcement among a number of the first early ideas that were coming out. But. The fact that Lunar might be around, might not, uh, you know, this was a pretty long story, but Brad, were, were there some big takeaways from you, little ones? What, what was your overall I, I, You know, I come at this from a fan, a fan's perspective. Um, and as a fan, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Diamond comic companies, you, you know, these new models, just figure it out so that fans have the books in their hands. Um, and I, it's as simple as that. Um, I, I, I just don't want to make it, I don't want things to happen. that's going to make it harder for the books to get into the shops. And if, you know, distributors get upset that they're playing favorites or the stores are playing favorites and things like that, I just hope it doesn't, um, become a whole mess and and we've said on this podcast too that you know competition is good so maybe it's not uh you know maybe it's not a bad thing and that and that could very well be true but i just don't i just don't want any disruptions when it comes to once things do get back rolling again i don't want i don't want to see distribution get disrupted for any reason i guess that was my that was my biggest my biggest issue with the story Yeah, I I had a couple of things, man, and I'm going to bounce some stuff off you real quick just to get a kind of feel because really this this felt like this felt like a, a lot of development that that was also sort of explaining things that had happened. 
but wasn't completely clear about what the future is going to be. Um, you know, for starters, there's the idea that we're not really sure who else is involved with them. Currently, they say that Marvel hasn't reached out to Lunar um, and isn't involved with them. Um, and yet it was really interesting that they also point out that there is a feeling overall that DC didn't immediately identify Lunar and UCS as being related to uh, DCBS and Midtown Comics, which I hadn't really like paid a lot of attention to. But that question sort of caught my eye. Like, wow, OK, what's the, the focus here? Are you saying that they were not, you know, talking about it? And I felt Lunar did a good job of saying, hey, you know, we're for the most part, this distribution was totally created for one purpose, to be separate from the others and be completely about the distribution and not linked in any other way. And I feel like for some people, this still seems like a sticking point. So I really like the the fact that you brought up this idea about competition and how people are responding to it. I think healthy competition is great. It's always been great for me as far as prices. It's one of the reasons why we see this uh, really pitched battle between so many different options available to us and which ones we choose and and why they work best for us. Um, But I was intrigued also at this idea of whether or not there should be a three, uh, three pipeline distribution system in place for the long term. And I I don't have enough knowledge where I could really draw on it. But those were the two parts where I was like, huh, okay. Uh, Clearly, one, the connection to Midtown and uh, DCBS is is a sticking point in this conversation. It's a question that is brought up in a way of like, were you hiding something? And I was like, wow, okay. Uh, (laughs) Way to not tiptoe around that. And then two is also this idea of what are we talking about with uh, three pipeline? Is it sustainable is it something we should already be questioning right now? I was just curious if you had any feedback on either of those two kind of points that I felt were brought up. Uh, I guess my biggest question with the, the different, the different ways to distribute is once diamond opens back up, are they going to be necessary? So when it comes to that competition, what does lunar offer that diamond doesn't, um, you know, uh, and that's hard to say. And I, I, and I think that that's the big thing right now. And it, it's just there is so much unknown uh, when it comes to almost every aspect of life right now. And this is just a perfect example. We don't know. We don't know what this, you know, this new world that we're going to be going into soon is going to be. It's going to be a lot of trial and error. And if, if anything, it's those errors that kind of make me nervous. Um, you know, if they're, you know, maybe, you know, and we talked about competition, bringing up competition, and maybe that competition will be such a good thing for distribution because monopolies can get lazy. They, you know, they can get sloppy. And if they have to be competing with these other groups, then, you know, that'll just make everybody better in the end so it's just there's just so much there's just so much unknown uh right now and uh that's kind of you know what's what's getting to me it's just you know we just don't know yeah and and i really felt like lunar was not trying to make any sort of uh you know commitments in fact when the question came up you know if diamond resumes full operations 
where do you see a place for Lunar? And the response was, we could still potentially help other publishers and, you know, we'll be an alternative for those who want it. We think there will be a place, but at the end, we'll have to evaluate everything. And I was like, okay, I I don't want to call cop out, but uh, that doesn't really feel like a real answer. It feels like you have some thoughts, too. Well, that's the you know, that's the thing is like maybe they won't be necessary if Diamond comes back full throttle and maybe at the end of the day. Uh, it's it'll be a more of a strain on Midtown and, and these other companies to try to, to get into the distribution game. You know, mi- you know, Midtown is in a position right now because they can't physically open their stores. They're relying on mail order that they are looking for other revenue streams and maybe it's just one that they won't need once they once they reopen. So I you think know, that they're just kind of hedging their bets. Which makes total sense. They don't want to make a lot of commitments and then later have to walk them back or act like they weren't paying attention to what the possibles were and, act, you know, basically be caught unawares, off guard, unprepared. And yet it, it was kind of interesting that there was also this, uh, you know, sort of recognition that they're learning, they're hoping, they're figuring it out. And along the way, they're going to be doing their best to operate just like Diamond. When the question was asked, they're like, no, we won't be delivering, you know, books to DCBS or uh, to Midtown in any way that's different than they would be, you know, delivered to any other uh, distribution source. But I guess if there was one last thing I I would probably talk about is, man, um, if you ever want to get a job in comic book distribution, apparently they're hiring and constantly hiring. I don't know what your resume looks like if you're out there or what you're trying to do, but I just really <laughs> yeah, caught on that. Know, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, you never know what someone's trying to do as far as the but, industry where they would want to hop in. Yeah. Yeah. But it would make me a little nervous, too, because I, w- I would be a little concerned about the job security at that point, <laughs> because, you know, if they decide, well, no, this isn't really working for us. That's <clears> it. And would think, you know, that could happen pretty quick. You're right, man. Okay. Like, oh, wow. Uh, what if you put, you know, a lot of weight into this and it doesn't? fall the way you want what if it falls through and you you jump to a job that you like you said no longer has any security um that that's kind of a hedger where you're like sure we're hiring but you know buyer beware uh (laughs) you know be careful about that that that's uh I would take the risk, but I'd be constantly looking over my shoulder, (laughs) you know, like or constantly like, well, you know, making sure that everything is still, you know, still rocking and rolling. Yeah. Pick up that, you know, potential Uber Lyft driving thing and be like, this might be how I'm making money for a little while. I mean, hey, you know, what do you got to do? Either that or I'm off bagging groceries because apparently Costco and all the other big stores are always looking for people. Um so, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that. Now, of course, this isn't this is one of three. We're going to move into our final story about publishing, distributing, distributing. And then I promise we might totally shift away. It, I'm not promising it won't come up again in any way. I'm just saying this is our third story about it. And then we'll try and talk about some of the other fun stuff we love about comics uh, for our third story. Moving into distributing. Other publishers are potentially looking into the current DC multi-distributor model that's operating in light of the uh, uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Man, I get so tired of trying to figure out how to phrase this thing, but you all know what's happening to us. You all know what we're dealing with. And other distributors are considering doing what DC is doing. 
Um, does this change anything about the stories we've been talking about, Brad, or does it still pretty much put us back where we were at the end of the last one? I think that it would, you know, talking about the job security and thing, you know, I, I if other publishers uh, jumped in with Lunar, then that would definitely strengthen its, you know, its possibilities of succeeding and and uh, and working. But again, I just think it's too, I just think it's too early to say. I think there is still still so much unknown. And really, I mean, we can talk until we're blue in the face about these companies wanting to use other distributors, but until they do, then it's just all talk. Um, so it seems for the time being, nobody wants to put their money where their mouth is. And so if that happens, then that might also help change the game in into lunar's favor so once again we'll, we'll just have to see yeah i i was a little disappointed that no one's name specifically was brought up and i almost wanted to just sort of like tilt my head a little bit when the spokesperson uh merkler says yeah we've had several inquiries and we plan to follow up with them <laughs> in the future it's like yeah. man i've tried that line every once in a while when i'm trying to negotiate a salary with an interview or something where you're like yeah you know you're not the only person i'm talking to what are we talking right. price guys here <laughs> like you know of course everybody wants to feel like everybody's interested in what they're doing and this is moving forward but give me a name i i, I don't care who give, give me a hoy give me uh you know give me image give me somebody else who's like yeah 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 we'll put our name out there we'll we'll yeah. say that we're in talks with them and we're we're looking to see because I like what you're talking about. This is a variable that could change things with or without DC if they could get enough strength from one or two other houses and know that that would be part of what's sustaining them. That could give them a stronger foothold in the distribution game. But without it, right back to uncertainty. It's like this story maybe talks about changing some of the things we're talking about, and then it comes right back to we don't really know what we're talking about. We're just talking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when I'm kind of like, okay, we should probably shift off this because at some point people listening are like, dude, we're done. We're done. You guys are done. The stories are done. It's done. Stop, stop. You know, just tell us something when you actually got something to tell us. And that that was what I was left with at the end. Like, wow, that's another maybe. Okay, who's tired of talking about maybes? This maybe. guy. And I'm pretty sure Brad is too. So let's start talking about stuff that, you know, was kind of a maybe for a little while and now is looking much more concrete. And with each set of images and announcements, how do you not get excited about Dark Knight's metal, death metal? And, well, this Dark Knight's death metal and how it's being discussed by uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, and what more we're learning. I mean, this was a really fun story that talked about how this was actually pitched what, three years ago? And it's finally coming to fruition, but it was spun out of all this great conversation of the Dark Knight's metal pitch. And uh, now we're at death metal. Brad, what was your thoughts on all the stuff that was going on in this conversation? I, I love these big stories that change the, the the comic universes forever. And this one seems like it's gonna. Um, and it, it, you know, said that it's going to be an, a gigantic epicrescendo to the modern DC era. So how can that not want you to pick up this book? <laughs> you know, I mean, this is going to be some big stuff happening. And I mean, all the art seems 
completely bonkers and off the wall. I think the story is going to be completely insane in the best ways. Uh, so, and I'm guessing what comes next has to do with the whole generation thing that they've been working on. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and I will say, though, that I, I have been a huge fan of the DC Universe in the post-Dark uh, Knight's middle world. So... Uh, if the crescendo is as good as what's led up to it, then we're definitely in for a treat. I'm I'm going to dive in with you there and say, yeah, even as recent as the uh, Year of the Villain Hell Arisen, you know, which saw a really interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you been following that that they talked yeah. about in here? Yeah. yeah. Um, without any spoilers, for those of you who aren't following along, I'll simply say someone was a favorite. They're no longer a favorite. And now Perpetua has got a new, you know, sort of uh, number one, if I can use a Star Trek reference. Um, they, they've got this, you know, development that's now kind of pulling things back around. It was like we had Apex Luther and all this stuff going on. And now it's sort of like, all right. You kind of tapped out, buddy. Somebody bigger took your place. And as we shift into that, now we get a chance to come back around to so many of those things that were developing uh, around because of through the the wonder that was Dark Knight's Metal. It's returning to us in Death Metal. And dude, Brad, those images. I mean, at first I clicked on one or two and I started scrolling. I was like, there's more pages. Wait. So that's Wonder Woman rocking that chainsaw looking yeah. like a salve um superman with that crazy rock arm um and what did you think about that character who seemed to be just perpetually burning when they're uh yeah it's it's interesting too um kind of you know i kind of not i kind of just wait for the story to tell me what it is i don't because every time i try to speculate i get kind of uh, i'm very generally wrong and so i just kind of like let <laughs> me let's Let's see what happens with this. But, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a, a cool image. So, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anybody who's a DC fan has got to be excited about this book for sure. Yeah, you know, and it, it feels like there's this way of talking about, like, this has to do with everything. And and that's probably the last thing I want to come to about this story because I felt like it was really important. Um the fact that if you read comics, it matters and that this story kind of starts off with this, you know, idea of if it matters to you, it matters in this story. If you read comics, it's going to be important to you. It, you can jump right in, which I thought was really a great thing about this. Like, yeah, you could have been reading all the stuff up to it and be like, woohoo, I know everything. Or you could come into it fresh and you're still going to be hooked that's a uh, that's an attraction that I think is really important. And I wish that that's something that could be said about so many of the movies we want people to see about the comics we love is there's always that. Yeah, but if I'm not invested and I haven't read all the stuff and I don't. Well, I get it. And I, I love this. I was like, yeah, 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 you're going to get this. Don't don't worry. Don't no, 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 yeah. no. You go back and read it later. You're, you can dive right into the story from the get go. And, and you're going to be hooked because if you read comics, if you care about comics in any way, it's going to work. And that was uh, I, I kind of like one, not only that it's that like, hey, come on in. The water's fine. Don't don't sweat it. You don't got to know a lot to, to just enjoy all this. But also this feeling of like, yeah, it's about you, you know, and we're so confident that we've written it about you, that whatever comics fan you are, just come on in, man. It's it's for you. We did this for you. And um I like the way that thinking sort of sets me up for coming into this. I probably want to try and catch up and go back and read a bunch of stuff and 
all the other spin outs that came from Dark Knight's Metal. But it feels like Death Metal is like, nah, 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 don't, don't, don't worry. You're going to have a great time. You can read all the other stuff later and you'll be great no matter which way you did it. That That's a pretty cool thing to look forward to. Maybe just as important as the announcement that Dark Knight's Death Metal number one um, has gotten its launch date and that the date's in June. And then we can anticipate more follow-up. Uh, what did you think about that follow-up to this? You know, that we start talking about all the things we can expect. And, oh, by the way, now we got dates too. I, I'm glad that DC's not uh, wasting any time. They still they know how important this book is, so they definitely want to get it out uh, as soon as humanly possible to have the most impact. And I think June 17th is the perfect date for that, for the first issue. And then you don't have to wait that much longer just to July 8th uh, for the issue, for the second issue. So I'm glad that they're just they're not um, delaying this. I, I think it's definitely good to get it out there as soon as possible. I think it's a really smart move. And I agree with you. There's there's something great about saying we're doing this. This is when it's happening. We've got a plan. It's in place. And this is what to expect. And that's important, given that, you know, it had the original May 13, uh, May 6 and May 13 release dates and they had to adjust those. And now that they've got the June 17th and then the July dates figured out. Pull up this story, mark them on your calendar. You know, you can kind of know what to expect. And I'm intrigued because, you know, there's been some recent changes in uh, DC's leadership and some questions being raised about, you know, Generation Zero, uh, all the other stuff that we were expecting to the 5G all the way through all that stuff. And, And that's kind of being adjusted right now, especially with the change to Free Comic Book Day. But that, you know, as far as Snyder's concerned, death metal will sort out DC continuity. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that other stuff was going to do stuff and this and that. Don't worry. I've got it right here. I'm going to sort it all out. I like the bold claim. You know, everybody wants to do it. It's a, it's a difficult thing to pull off. We've seen many attempt it. But uh, that was a really great sort of message for this to end on. Like, yeah, yeah. The whole purpose of this is to sort things out, give you something fun and bright and coherent on the other side. And uh I like that optimism. I like that hope and purpose. Maybe it's just me, but I thought it was a fun one. Um, And with that, we can talk about something completely different, fresh, and, well, a new take on an old classic. The announcement that a gold lantern is coming. DC Universe. Now, you might be familiar with the Green Lanterns. You might have been familiar with a few of the other colored lanterns. Gold Lantern. Well, it's going to be coming up in an upcoming Legion of Superheroes issue. What did you think about this take on a classic character in this future flung idea? Brad? I think it's a cool character. I'm just curious, you know, what on the emotional spectrum does the gold represent? Um, I'm curious about that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was thinking maybe some kind of pride situation because I was thinking like the gold is so valuable and it's so uh, like royal. (laughs) So you would have like like a little element of pride into that. So I'm not sure, but I think the the concept's cool. And I'm sure Bendis has some pretty good ideas. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, you brought up some really interesting stuff right there. Like, okay, what is the emotional 
spectrum? Like, where does this color goal fall on that emotional spectrum that we've come to identify as the the green lanterns and the lanterns and the color spectrum was sort of expanded on uh, until we eventually had our our white lantern, Kyle Rayner, and and this gold lantern has two masks or a mask, I'm sorry, and two rings, which is a, a different twist right there. I, you know, clearly mm-hmm. you can go with the one being uh, gold lantern core and the other one being the Legion of Superheroes flight ring. One kind of seems redundant in relation to that. Maybe it's like a badge, so you just wear it because it's emblematic. But then I was also curious because as soon as you were talking about the emotional spectrum, the first thing, and it's silly, that came to mind was, you know, in all my favorite sci-fi shows, one of the things they always talk about is gold being uh, such a perfect conductor, right? Mm-hmm. Like this idea of it being like so good when you're trying to conduct electricity. Oh, gold, yeah. Is, like the, yeah, the way cool. it go. Um, I remember like uh, Monster Cable. Back in like the 90s was like the home theater KBO to get. And if you were going to get it, you also wanted Monster Gold because it was better, you know, conductivity. Yeah. And I've seen it in other stuff where they talk about that. And I just wondered, wow, okay. Uh, weird thought. I wonder how it might play with that idea of, you know, how is a gold lantern able to maybe conduct? You know, it'd be kind of cool if he could also like amplify other lanterns or, or do something different that we you know love to joke and guess about and wonder about and then when we see the actual we're like so much cooler than i would have come up with so much cooler, you know which happens to me a lot but uh, as soon as you brought up emotional then i was like wow and then conductive and yeah this this is going to be really fun and i know of a few people who are not the biggest brian michael bennis fans but man his legion of superheroes hooked me from the first issue and each one afterwards I'm really wrapped up in it. Uh, this Gold Lantern's only making me more excited for comic distribution to get back on track so I can catch up on all, you know, my favorite stories like this. And now I have the Gold Lantern to look forward to. So that that's a great point. I didn't even think of that, but that could be, you're right, it could be a conductor. It could possibly be even a conductor in a way to get all the emotional spectrum into one. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a really cool idea. Uh, yeah, and also I'm inspired by the fact that – have you been reading Justice of Odyssey at all? Uh, no, I need, I've been meaning to catch up on that. Dude, they did something crazy with Jessica Cruz's ring and Darkseid. And oh. it was like in the process of it, it got merged with Omega Energy, and she's not the same lantern. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's a totally different twist, and I never saw it coming. I was like, hmm. what? And the way it happens is – Wow, I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Just I'll say that. Like, check out what they're doing with that. It'll start to really make you it, it's been making me look at lantern energy, spectrum, the whole thing in a different light because this was a possibility I never considered. And now that it's happened, I'm like, okay. What what have we been leaving out? Just because you know, we always know the rules when it comes to the lanterns, like yellow, or if it was Scott, it was wood, and what all the rules are. But if you make things happen in a certain way, what if the rules no longer apply and you're dealing with a totally different kind of lantern? It, it, Yeah, check out Odyssey when you get a chance. I just saw that it's on my review list for uh, my next set of comics, and I was like, I love this book. Oh, okay. This is going to yeah. be so awesome. So, yeah, it, check it out if you get a chance, man. They're, they're, they're really tapping into some things that are making me look at it in a totally different way. And uh, now with this gold lantern, I'm just more of like, well, like, come on. Show me something new, because that was really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and a few things that are also really cool that we've been waiting sometimes for a very long time 
to hear more about. We're going to touch on some things we've already sort of touched on and also maybe some uh, topics that you haven't heard in a little while. And that has to do with an update regarding not only DC Generations, but the three Jokers. And, um, you know, uh, there's a release schedule, maybe. it It's getting a little confusing, but is more news good news or is this kind of like no news, let's make it news? Brad, what's your thought, man? A little bit of both, but I, I'm really looking forward to both the three Jokers and the Generation One Age of Mysteries. So I really want them to have a release date for those because those are two projects that I'm really looking forward to reading. So it's like, oh, come on. Come on, DC, give us something to work with here. Please, please. Um, yeah, because I, 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 I'm really curious about those stories. Uh, Jeff Johns made a really cool um, presentation for the three Jokers. Uh, at New York Comic Con last year, and ever since then, I've been dying to get my hands on the book. So it's ah, oh, come on, come on. But uh, but yeah, but it's again, we certainly are no strangers to delays when it comes to DC and their comics. So uh, it's just another punch that we'll have to roll with until we get a release date. Ah oh, man, I hate getting punched. It's just no fun at all. Um, <laughs> but. Brad, I'm just going to ask because uh, I'm going to be totally honest. Like for the most part, this story was about we hope to have an update soon. We really don't have a lot to tell you. And I was like, OK, we could go back through the history of all the other previous you know, iterations of this is what's maybe happening and we're looking for an announcement. But you know what? Give me something to get excited about. Tell me about this presentation a little bit, because what you saw in that three jokers is pretty much all I have to hang my hat on right now with this idea of like, okay, if I, if I'm not getting a release date, at least remind me what it is I'm looking forward to, because I heard about it. And then a lot of time went by a lot of other news is going on. And right now there's a lot of uncertainty. Can you remind us just a little bit of what you saw then? Uh, man. Well, mostly it was a presentation of the artwork and that, kind of his one of the major bits of inspiration was doing a, a joker story that was as influential as the killing joke and kind of using that as a basis so that alone was enough to get me excited and the design of the batmobile and this was really kind of cool looking too so it's just and, and i'm kind of in the same boat now too in a way because <laughs> there has been so many shuffling and rearranging and things like that that it's it's been hard for it to be on the forefront of my mind i just know that i want to read it because of what he said and kind of one of those things where i like the story to present itself so i'm kind of like i kind of purposely not going back so that i can be kind of surprised just knowing that kind of bit of foundation uh you know it's it should be a good story but you know it's, it's, is it <laughs> worth the wait we'll it. see yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, I just wanted to sort of like go back to that was a cool development that felt like it had come after a really long time of no discussion. Right. It was like, when are we going to hear more about this? We're, we're going to tell you more. It's in the works. Things are happening. You're like, all right, this sounds like the shove on sort of answers you get when there's not a lot. And then suddenly there was that presentation and and the art and the discussions that were going online and, and the feeling like something's developing. And then again. Just a lot of time passes. And then we had this, you know, original June release date. And we were like, dude, Batman Three Jokers number one, June, it's wait. Now there's a COVID thing. Now everything's up in the air again. So thanks, man. That was just a good reminder of the fact that, like, you know, there were some moments in there that were starting to build the momentum. And 
and we've lost some of that momentum. But if we can keep it fresh in everybody's minds, maybe we can sort of, you know, keep that that feeling like, all right, we saw some good stuff. It's it's coming. Now we just waiting to find out when. But, you know, there's enough to keep us like feeling like this is something that's still happening. And I kind of goes back to when we first started this out, man, like what you said about Ava. She's talking about it. Like, you know, if we can just hear them talk about it more, it gives us so much more of a feeling that we're closer, you know, and that it's not something that's just being talked about. But the more it's talked about, the closer it is reality. And uh, that's all I'm going to hang my hat on with that one, man. So thank you. A couple of great little reminders of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. That was some good stuff. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, And with that, let's move into something that we feel for the most part is happening. And we've had enough tease about Punchline. And now we're getting the feeling that she might attempt to steal A, V, all of the spotlights in the upcoming Joker 80th anniversary 100-page Super Spectacular. Brad, are we not talking about Punchline enough? Are we talking about it just right? Do we need to talk about it more? What was your take on the fact that, you know, she's like everywhere? Oh, and what comes at the end of a joke? <laughs> yeah, right. That was such yeah. a cute little, I love that title. So what would you take about all this yeah. stuff? For- um, uh, I, I think that it's going to be a character that we're definitely going to be talking about for a while. I think that the hype, it's just too much hype for it not to be a character that's going to have a major impact on stories. And the fact that they're even going to put her in the Joker, such an important Joker issue, uh, really says a lot but because we really haven't had a chance to read many new comics lately we're still kind of wondering exactly what her deal is so to me this is just like little little hints to 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 get you in uh i i am very much looking forward to seeing more of this character uh than what we've seen so far uh but yeah i think in the end of the day she's going to be a really important character and you're right that title that title is great (laughs) (laughs) what comes at the end of a joke (laughs) and i'm also curious about the kill the batman story uh we're set in a not so distant future where the joker has finally made his dream come true killing the batman that's got to be a cool little side story in this issue that i'm looking forward to reading yeah, you got to figure every once in a while somebody has like this fantasy thought of like, what if we just let him do it? What if we just said, you know what, dude finally wins. Go figure. Madness, you know, succeeds in the end. Um, I'm curious, though, at the idea that they set up with this premise of like, yep, he finally gets it. And of course, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, I did it and I'm still completely unsatisfied. The one thing I swore would make everything the way it needs to be. I'm still unhappy. <laughs> and I, I have to laugh at the uh, kind of cruel joke. No pun, maybe pun intended with that idea. Um, yeah, Steve, you're not here, but I tried to keep the punning thing along just a little bit. Probably not well. I could be getting a courtesy laugh from Brett. No guarantees. No, I, I, <laughs> no it's real. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man, this this has a cool list of stories. Uh, I was I was caught by the one birthday bugs. Uh, the idea of an accomplice who screws up, Joker shows up, finds the son, and the son thinks that, oh, you're my birthday clown. Great. Like, it's, I just love that sort of, like, unassuming, like, you know, yeah, sure, whatever. Clowns, stupid. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, there's a pretty fun little setup involved with that. We might get to see a different side of the Joker as well, you know, for whatever reasons he suddenly responds to this kid or, or how he does. I'm curious, too, about Punchline. It just feels like we've had so much that's been said about what she's going to do. I'm like, man, what's that payoff going to look like? Because, you know, there's a lot of expectation yeah, coming. Exactly. For this. That's that's a good point, too, is, yeah, like they have been hyping this character. So I, I think you said my point better than I did when, like, <laughs> when I was talking about worth the hype, meaning that she's going to have to have she's going to have to do something pretty major. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to pull it off, because really, there's that part of me that's like, OK, you can only convince me so many ways and uh, with so many examples or hints that she's supposed to be like his worst nature, you know, encouraging him to do the parts of himself that or be the parts of himself that he maybe doesn't go that far. And she wants that, you know, she's not trying to make him good in any way. She's trying to make him bad. It's like. Man, you're talking about taking one of the most twisted characters and saying there's someone who wants more from. That's a lot to ask, not only yeah. of the character, but of us as the audience saying, OK, put up or shut up. Um, I, I'm, I'm really intrigued. So, yeah, I, I think you're right on the payoff. I don't think I summed it up better than you did, my friend. I just used some fun words and maybe, you know, maybe that resonated as well because it was about what you were talking about. But I, I think we both did a decent job of, you know, doing our best at, hey, this is kind of what we think. And it's not alone. You know, I love the fact that our next story talks about, sure, there's the official Joker 80th, just like we've had a couple of other great 80ths in these specials. Oh, and before I move on to that, quick thought. Weird thing that popped in my head when you were saying stuff, and I, I was like, oh, yeah, here's my other thing. Remember there was some excitement about Arkham Knight and the appearance in Detective Comics number 1000? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did great. you feel there was a payoff? When yeah, the character sure. finally arrived and the story arc went through, because I read the story yeah. arc, I was intrigued at first, and then yeah, see that's that's the problem with these delays and everything. It gets so muddled, so, so muddled. Yeah, but yeah, um, and I love the game, so I, you know I, I cannot sing the praises of those games enough. So the fact that they were going to bring Arkham Knight into the comics was just yes. <laughs> But and that's yeah, you're right. Come to think attention. of it, yeah. You know, because yeah. when you and Brad were talking about, it, I was like, "Wow, this is really interesting. It's kind of a monumental moment to bring this character to life on the page." But then when I saw the character, at first I was intrigued, and then I didn't feel like there was the punch at the end of the arc that I was looking for. This character didn't leave me with a lasting impression. It left me more of with, "Huh, I wonder if that was supposed to be something more." But it didn't feel like it was for me. Uh, you played the game. You knew a little bit more about the character before you read it. Did you did you feel like it lived up to what you were expecting? Did it have a payoff? Or is that an example that could be sort of like a warning? Well, like, it's, to not want this. It, yeah, it's not that it necessarily didn't have a payoff. I just kind of wanted more. And um, in, in other words, like how the character rep uh, was represented was something that i liked but i wanted to see more of the character so it's kind of a a kind of a payoff i guess but kind of a not um but they should they should really they should really come around to that and use him again um God, they should use him in this joker war that's coming up maybe who knows maybe they are i guess we'll see <laughs> that's true and I'm intrigued also because the identity of the Arkham Knight was something that surprised me. And as it was developed, I was really intrigued by. Um, so I was curious also, like, how parts of that um, lived up to the expectations of those who played the game, especially because I never had. And I, I never really brought that question up until right now. I was like, hey, wait a minute. I kind of feel like this was something that 
you know, was touched on with a different character. And that's the closest example that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think as far as reveals and things like identities and things like, I think it, it went pretty well with with that with the game. Um, and as far okay. as the game itself, I don't know if I felt that it was necessarily that huge of a reveal. I kind of I think at that point I was kind of expecting it. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I'm curious. That's that's the closest comparison I can draw for what we're trying to talk about when it comes to punchline. Um, simply because. You know, when we talk about the other alter uh, better half of Joker, you know, we think about Harley Quinn and she had transitioned from animated into the comics and then took on many lives of her own until the one we have now. So Punchline's coming at this uh, completely different, just with a lot of this is what you can look forward to. Here's some great hints. And other than that, we only have what's eventually going to show up. And I was just kind of curious because, you know, given how much we've talked about it so far <laughs> and how long we've been waiting, you know, what's it really going to be like? I'm sure we're going to come back to this man. And that's going to be the fun part. Like, so were we right? Were we wrong? What do we think? Are we happy? Are we mad? Um, and I think that's a fun thing that we can always enjoy about these comics and these stories. We can guess about what we want, what we think is right. And then there's the reality, you know, later on down the road. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, that's an official 80th story as i was saying we are our next story talks about something that falls maybe in the unofficial side um you know joker isn't the only one uh, wonder woman uh flash they're not the only characters to have an 80th this year but one who's not getting any special from dc comics is that of dr fate however that hasn't stopped a celebrated comic creator otherwise known as writer artist dan Cade, for doing his own version now you might recognize that name as the uh webcomic creator of lavender jack and for the most part uh, someone who's made a name for himself already but this take on dr fate is a independent venture and brad what do you think about somebody striking on their own and saying hey i'm doing an 80th comic for this guy i'm doing an 80th birthday anniversary comic for this guy whether dc's doing it or not you know, I I always liked Doctor Fate more than I liked Doctor Strange, and uh, here we go with the fashion. But the main reason <laughs> being is that I always thought the I'm telling the you, man, it's his were blood. so cool. I just thought the the character had such a cool look, and I, and I never felt that um, he got the respect he deserved. Uh, he should be the DC. He is the DC Universe Sorcerer Supreme, so he should have that. <laughs> kind of respect and, and be in that upper echelon of characters and it's kind of a bummer that he never did especially with the way that dc takes risks with their storytelling uh you know it, a company that gave us dark knight returns and the watchmen could give us a really groundbreaking dr fate story and i don't see why they don't with black uh with the black label it's a perfect opportunity to do it so I love the fact that this this guy wants to give Dr. Fate his due. Uh, 80 years old, uh, a character that's 80 years old, does, he deserves a special issue. Uh, I, I don't <laughs> think I'm the only one alone. I think that there's a lot of Dr. Fate fans out there that want to see the character get his due. And, and uh, you know, I'm glad this guy's trying to get him some respect. Uh, what was your take? Uh, I'm with you. One, on the fashion side, Brad, it's why I think so many people will agree. And I'm going to say, dude, why not just go with Justice Society? You've got Fate, you've got Alan Scott, you've got 
so many great fashion icons to start with. And they're like, you know, such a reference point as you move forward through the rest. And yeah, man, I always thought Dr. Fate had the cooler costume when it came to Strange. One, dude, the helmet. Like, really? Do we yeah. really even got a yeah. full solid gold, smooth as can be? Looks like it was just poured into the air into a mold and just like, it's gorgeous. Um, gold boots, the blue. Um, every once in a while, the underwear. Eh. But overall, like, <laughs> I, I totally dig the outfit. And I think it's so smooth. I kind of feel like first time I saw Strange, I was like, okay, but he kind of looks like how a carnival magician should look right with the cape and anyways so when it comes to fate i i agree with you i i i'm really disappointed that there aren't 10 alternate variant copies for me to choose from uh that he isn't getting his own special that there aren't this series of great stories that there aren't artists and creators who don't want to tap into a, a history that should have been like spilled throughout comic books you know in his own series and been playing a major role and so often i feel like he's just so powerful they're like Meh. yeah we'll have him come in and do that you know deus ex machina thing and then boom all right done yeah but you know we've seen some really cool ideas uh in justice league dark um i love the new iteration with khalid um we we've got this great history where it's been kent and imbra like you're telling me there aren't 10 amazing stories that couldn't be put into an 80th anniversary for this guy. So yeah, uh, if I, you know, failed to mention it, this book that's being done by Dan Shkade, uh, Wotan, it's a modern retelling of Gardner and Fox or Gardner Fox and Howard Sherman's original Dr. Fate story for more fun comics. Number 55, he's doing it online. He's doing it on Twitter. You can check him out at Dan Shkade. Um, yeah. I, I took a look at it. I love flipping through the pages. I loved seeing, you know, so much of the stuff that I love about Dr. Fate. I just wish it was a DC product. And I, man, Brad, dude, such a great point you raised, Black Label. Like, how, why, really? You're telling me that there's no one who wants to take a mature approach to this character and show us magic and all love the love to see, Yeah, like a... Like Tom King's take on the character, or uh, I want Jeff Lemire yeah. too, just for the hell of yeah. it, just pop oh, him in yeah. there, you know, like really twist it up, give us a kind of freaky twist it up. <laughs> and with all the cool stuff that's going on in Justice League Dark, I mean, oh, come on. Yeah, you've got the other kind, of, you've got like all these, and not only that, but you've got a Lord of Order dealing with a universe in which magic has been completely yeah, it's a perfect, perfect opportunity. Um, again, DC Comics, as we mentioned before, we're here to give you ideas. We like a little compensation. We're not proud. A free issue, a name shout, or just use our ideas and show us the comics that we know you've been doing with other great characters. And we believe Dr. Face should be part of that. Brad, I'm really, uh, I, I had no doubt you would be uh, agreeing with me on this one. I'm sure if we had two other people with us, we'd have a unanimous agreement yeah. on this one. Like, oh, man. I, I I'm going to stop, you know, kicking this story because it doesn't need it. And I'm really happy that someone took the initiative. And you know what? Doesn't even cost you a cent, man. Go on to his Twitter account, Dan Shkade. Check it out. Um, you'll have some fun. You're not sure how? Listen to the end. Find me and Brad on the ways we let you know. And one of us will give you a link. We'll, we'll let you know what's happening. I mean, it's it's there to find, but we'll steer you in the right direction if you have any trouble. 
And trouble really is something that's always best soothed by a sweet treat. I'm always reminded of the Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. It's the best way to end a rough day or a good day. Like, who doesn't love a sweet treat? For our other news, our final story of this segment, it's my pleasure to talk to you today about a collaboration, a crossover, a team-up, you might say, between DC and Hershey to create... Oh, I wish I had a drum roll. Josh, no pressure. Yeah. If you do a drum roll right now. <laughs> that was the moment. Uh, the superhero milk chocolate bar. And it's sending its first batch to COVID-19 frontline workers. Headline pretty much says itself. There's some details in the story. Brad, what did you think of this one to wrap up our episode today? Such a great cause and such a good idea. Um, I, I love it when superheroes are used uh, kind of to represent or to honor true life heroes. And, you know, we saw that uh, after 9-11 and we're seeing that now. And a perfect example of that is these Hershey bars. And I'm not even a fan of chocolate, but I tell you, when these come out to like regular stores, I might, uh, might have to pick up a batch. I am probably going to want to do the same thing. Um, you, you're right. I, I love it when the the heroes we love to read about stop for a moment and go, okay, so let me talk to you about the heroes in real life that inspire us, the people that we want to give back to, and an industry that recognizes that. And it's doing it with these really fun chocolate bars with uh, emblems of famous DC characters, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, along with sound effects like BAM, because – you know, and by the way, I mean like BAM, all caps, exclamation point, BAM, um, <laughs> because comics, because, you know, let's let's not forget, you know, the, the stuff that we grew up on, the stuff that makes us smile and the stuff that hopefully, hey, guys, if you're out there on the front lines, if you're a medical worker, if you're anyone else with an essential job who's keeping the rest of us saying saving lives and putting yours on the line. If these can give you a little bit of a sugar rush and a chuckle along the way or remind you that there's a community that really is thankful for what you're doing, I'm hoping these uh, these chocolates do a little bit to, to add to that, provide that. Uh, I'll buy a batch. Um, you know, tell me where to send it. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Tell us and we'll include it in one of our stories and uh, let everyone know where to send the proceeds to chocolate bars and I think a little bit of good cheer. And by the way, man, when you mentioned classic, you know, real life heroes, you totally reminded me of something that's from our earlier story. I just wanted to get your attention on. We were talking about Snyder and the whole Dark Knight's death metal. Dude, Sergeant Rock. Totally yeah. forgot about Sergeant Rock. What did you think of that panel shot where I was like, oh, okay. Just to support Snyder's idea of like any point in history, the whole history yeah. of DC. like. Yeah. Wow, what a foundational character like Sergeant Rock, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I always I always get a pinch of nostalgia when I see Sergeant Rock because that was one of the first DC comics that I picked up. And I wow. just remember how brutal those stories could be and how the art, you know, worked so well. So anytime I see Sergeant Rock, it always, like, kind of takes me back and I always kind of like that. So I always like to see them. I, I, I would totally read up. Speaking of Black Label, a Black Label Sergeant Rock. And wow. and just as far as the death metal goes, obviously, man, we're going to see so many characters. Uh, it could be something like we haven't seen since since Crisis, so we'll see. I mean, that's a bold statement, but <laughs> we shall see. 
I like it, buddy. Let's make some bold claims and get in trouble or at least, you know, raise some interest in the process. Um, yeah, man, like that. As soon as you mentioned real life heroes, I was like, that's right. I forgot about um, <laughs> just a reminder, you know, how many of our great stories came from the examples that inspired us, whether it was superheroes, real life heroes, war heroes uh, and, and characters who, man, they stand the test of time. Like, I remember Sergeant Rock in that Justice League episode where Green Lantern loses his power and he's stuck back in the past. You know, that was such a fun moment for me in the, the cartoon where I was like, go, John Stewart, show him what a Marine can do. Show us, <laughs> you know, show us the stuff and, and do it with Easy Company. Like, man, that was uh, that was a really fun time. But uh, I going back to this story really quick, you know, I, I feel like this is one of those moments when we're reminded that there's people every day doing the real fight, you know, working on our behalf, not worried about how often we're thinking about them. And if we only think about them in moments like this, but that when we do, that we remember the work they're doing. And this is such a great way to remind us like, hey, we might be struggling with the fact we can't work. Uh, we're dealing with the restrictions of having to be at home and limit our normal activity. That's our price. There are people out there paying a bigger price, either those who are sick or those who are working to help the sick. Um, and this is just one of those reminders like, you know, there's those out there who need our support as much as we need, you know, the connections we're able to make with those around us. And, uh, you know me, man, if I can find a hopeful point at any point in the episode to start honing in on, I'm, I'm going to do that. And uh, this was a great way to, to wrap this one up. Uh, final thoughts before we shift into that, you know. End notes part we always do, Brad. No pressure. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, no, I just think it's it's been a pretty uh, interesting week for news. I think some some stories that could have some potential consequences. <laughs> yeah, I definitely feel yeah, like it's so setting it's... us up for stuff we'll be talking about in the future too. You know, like yeah. these aren't these stories aren't over. In fact, most of them are, are barely beginning if if they've begun at all. And uh, we're going to be talking about it again. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Man, see, this is why I always ask you if you got stuff to add. You do stuff <laughs> like that. And I'm, this is why I ask. This is why I ask. Uh, and we're not the only ones asking. I'm not the only one asking. If you got something to ask, we would love for you to let us know what you're thinking. First off, we want to make sure you know everything we're doing. So to start out with, if you haven't yet, whatever platform you're listening on, and you should know that DC Comics News is on all the major podcast platforms, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. But it seems like every time I turn around, I find another platform that is streaming. So there's a good chance we're on one of those that you're listening to right now, whatever the platform is. And don't hesitate to share with us where you're listening and how you're listening. If you haven't yet, though, please head over, subscribe. Rate and review. We know we're five stars. We're not going to talk about that. You just go ahead and make your mark. Leave us a comment. Let us know. And if you don't want to just do it there, you can find us on all the favorite social media channels, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, or YouTube. Uh, at DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. You can also reach out to us directly. Brad, where can the good people find you, my friend? Uh, you can find me writing news and reviews at DC Comics News. You can find me talking Harley Quinn on the Mad Love podcast. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. Man, I love the setup. We're going to talk more about that in a second. Yeah, uh, I'm your host, Seth Singleton. You can find me doing news and reviews on DC Comics News. 
you can find me here on a mostly weekly basis with Brad and our other cadre of cohorts, Mr. Steve J. Ray and Kelly Gaines. Uh, you should also keep in mind that when you subscribe to us, you get a chance to catch up on all of the content we're providing. So it's not just the weekly podcast that covers the news that you're listening to now. We've also got our newest edition, Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. Just wrapped up our episode number five. That's the one where we talk about a show with so much swearing, the only way we can talk about it is by swearing. So if you're old enough to watch the show, you're old enough to listen. If you're not, don't get us or you in trouble. But if you are and you love the show and you've just been waiting to talk about it with anyone or hear other people talk about it, because like me, you've simply exhausted your wife and anyone else who knows you, um, this is your opportunity. Mad Love, a Harley Quinn cast. And then, of course, when you subscribe, you can also keep up with uh, the other newer. Well, they were newer. Now they become part of the canon. You've got Steve J. Ray, regular here on the podcast, also part of the Mad Love. It also has his I Am the Night, an episode-by-episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series. And even this guy, myself, uh, you can catch me hosting the Spinner Rack. It's a weekly where I pick my top five books from DC Comics. If you don't agree with me, let me know. If not, well, then I just figure you agree with me. And there's more to come. I mentioned it. Felicky's Fashions. It's the future, my friends. It is the podcast that will help you understand what is, what was, and what should be when it comes to fashion in DC Comics. Simply a matter of time. We're building the format. Brad is patient, but when he strikes, man, it's like a hammer. It's kind of like a Green Lantern with the big fist. Boom. So be prepared. Don't be caught unaware. <laughs> Subscribe now so you're always ready. Because we hate for you to miss out. We want you to be a part of everything we do. We can't do this without you. It's why we have so many great options in our programming and why the DC Comics News Podcast Network is fans. For fans. Talking about comics the way only fans can. And with that, there's really only one last thing, and it's the thing that we're always going to say, and that is to always read more comics. comics. Hey, 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 there was no plan there, folks. That was just inspiration, <laughs> a little bit of intuition, and Brad, man, the guy's got timing like a drummer. It's pretty impressive. Uh, again, just a quick shout and a thank you to uh, our good friend Steve and Kelly. Who could... <laughs> What's that? What'd you say, oh, Brad? I said I do play the drums. I, oh, I do play the drums. Oh, my goodness. The man's a drummer. He's been keeping a secret to me. And here he is just busting in rhythm like that. Next time, I'm going to have him doing a little cymbal in the background. But, uh, hey, you know, just to – hey, Steve, Kelly, we miss you guys. We we can't wait till you're on with us next time, whether it's here on the weekly podcast or on Mad Love. Uh, you're always in our hearts and thoughts. And, um, man, Brad, just – Thank you for being an amazing uh, compatriot today. It was a really fun time hanging out with yeah, you. Thank Loved. You. Yeah. It's always a great time. Yeah, man. Thank you for um, being a great host. <laughs> I try, man. Thank you. It's it's always fun when you're doing with good people. And we know you're good people out there, which is why we're coming back next time. We can't wait to share a whole new list of stories and other fun stuff with you. Till next time, folks. Bye now. <laughs>